Hi everyone, welcome to Step Zero. I'm here today again and I'm so happy that I can say that again. I promised you guys that we're going to have uh, Dr. Caroline Bettiger uh, as a returning guest to us. And today she's here back with us talking about a very, very interesting topic. Her and I have actually paid a lot of attention to the feedback that we have received from our audience. We really looked into specific questions, troubles, and concerns that, that people were facing during this time and in general related to their mental health. And we came up with, uh, with something very, very unique for today, and that is setting limits personally and professionally and how that relates to your mental health. Caroline does not need any introduction. Still, I would love her to say hello to you before we jump into this conversation. And I would love it if you could also let us know why you personally thought this was such a good conversation for our second topic and why you think it can really make a difference for, for people currently struggling to manage their, their, their lives, their professional schedules, um, their families, lots of lots of different things where we all know limits are so important. So hi everybody, it's so nice to be back. Thank you Dara so much for having me again and for this wonderful feedback. And it was such a fun to talk the last time. So, and it's such a nice uh, medium to talk about. And so what I think is so important about setting limits. Um, I think limits are the most important thing to avoid stress. So we as humans function in our world. Every person has its own world. And stress occurs when our inner world does not fit to the outer world. And in that moment, we have friction and tension. And we can use that and go and uh, try to analyze the stressor or try to find out what's going on. Or some people, or many people, they try to avoid it and they step back. And then the friction maintains and that creates a lot of stress in your life. So it is very important to understand the inner world. What do you want? What is good for you? What is bad for you? And understand the outer world. Because without empathy and without understanding why things just sometimes happen as they are and what you can do about that, um, you won't be very successful also in this world. So this is why I think it's extremely important to talk about boundaries and how to keep them, how to learn, use, use these boundaries to learn about you and to learn about the, the uh, other people and the outer world. I love how you mentioned, and I remember in our first conversation, this one was, was a very important topic as well, how stress can occur when the inner and the outer worlds collide, to, to use it a little bit in a different wording. And, and I, I, I appreciate you making the connection to learning as well through boundaries, not just about yourself, but also about what's happening in the, in the outer world. And that it also, I think, helps people that struggle with setting boundaries as well, that, that this is something that you can learn. I have to very much admit, and you, and you know that from our previous work and coaching sessions as well, I was one of those people that really had to learn that. How do I set those boundaries and how do I say no? Is that even okay? That was one of those things for anyone who has a bit of a perfectionistic mindset, who always is a people pleaser, again, you know, you really need to find a way to be okay with that. So help us please understand how can you, first of all, understand that limits are okay for you, find your inner peace with that. And there's the second step, how are we going to be able to effectively set these limits? What are certain tools and tips that we can actually use? Yeah. 
So first of all, um, often it is blocked by shame and guilt that we feel I don't have a, the right to say what I want. So this is number one. You know, some people know what would be the good thing, but they feel I'm not superior. I'm not on eye to eye level. I don't have any right. Who am I to ask for something? So they are afraid to formulate a wish because that's what it actually is. To set a boundary starts with a wish. So you explain your point of view. You say, well, in my world, this looks like that. I can't do 10 tasks in one hour because it explains itself from itself because it is not possible. So I have to share this stress that I observe on my table, on my desk, on my email account, um, that this is logistically not possible. And instead of buffering it and holding it and trying to make it work, even though it's obviously not really working, we are afraid to share that because of what people could think about us. So often, and that's number, number two, um, we've, we don't really know what we should be capable of or what we actually are capable of. And sometimes we don't even really feel it. We don't really feel it. And that's the problem. So um, how can you talk about strawberry ice cream if you've never tasted it? Right? So you don't really know what should be the right thing to do right now. So it's always a, a balance between expectation from the outer world. Yeah. And a lot of people um, use that not in in bad will, right? So a lot of bosses or team leads, they use that and they, they want to make you do more because it's more convenient for them. It's not because they don't like you. It's just because it's more convenient for them, right? So this is important to keep that in mind. But on the other hand, you need to share your observation of tension and stress because if you don't do so, you will maintain a system which is not good. Mm -hmm. You will maintain a system where too many um, tasks are landing on your table and you don't have the pipeline to process it. So that's actually, you're creating a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or it is a bottleneck. And you need to talk about these tensions to shift that or to change something about that. So you're actually supporting the whole organization or you're supporting the project and so on, right? So that, that's one important reason how to do that and how to think differently about the idea of shame. So it's not, okay, that's what they expected on me. Uh, so I have to perform. And when I don't perform, I'm a bad person. No, it's like they sometimes expect things from us that um, they, they expect it out of, need out of their own stress out of their own ideas and expectations or because they are very high performers and not everyone is so experienced as as the person who's asking that right so we need to find a good balance between the expectation of the other world and what we are realistic able to do plus we also want to grow so 
now we also have our own expectations yeah so you see it's really really complicated and that's why it is so important to learn to set boundaries because setting boundaries is nothing you do from one day to the other it is something that you do constantly by um, experiencing the outer world talking to the outer world so sorry to say this word outer world of course it's your it's your colleague it's your it's your boss it's team leads whoever right so but uh, let's stick with the outer world it's easier so um, you need to share your inner world with the outer world to get to know yourself and to get to know them. And then together you can find an agreement what makes sense. So regarding this issue of shame and guilt, when you feel I want to learn, I want to perform better, but right now I'm at that level that I am right now. So I, it is just too much. So feel free to share that that you have these two parts inside of you. This one part that wants to learn, that wants to make that happen, right? And the other part who is not there yet. So go out and talk to the outer world, talk about this issue, this struggle, share that, open up and get help. Ask them how they do it. Ask them how they would do it if they were in your position. So you can introduce them into your struggle, into your tension. And by that, they get to know your world and you will get to know their world. And that's, that helps, right? You just described actually what communication should be, right? Oftentimes we, we have these imposed expectations, as you mentioned as well, that come from the outer world because let's call it from your, your job description, let's call that the outer world. You have to perform X, Y, Z, your boss works in a certain way. You impose an expectation on yourself that you think comes from the outside, but the evocative communication and information sharing doesn't happen. And, and I really like the way you bring in growth in that perspective because we're only able to make the best decisions if we have the right amount of uh, available information for us at, at hand to make and base that decision on. So for you to actually say, you're not going to uh, put yourself in a lower position, you need to ask those questions. It's okay to ask, how would you do it? I think it's something very, very practical because it allows for a two-sided communication. Not just for one thing saying, I can't do it, I have too much on my plate, but saying, I do want to learn how to be able to hit whatever goals and targets or, or work tasks we have, but I need to know how exactly you do it. And you pull that additional person into your world to help and do that together. That's a wonderful base for, for teamwork as well. And there's, there's really no better way to, to do that. You mentioned the word uh, wish that you have to state your wishes. I know that there's, there's quite some effective communication techniques as well when you're trying to set your own boundaries. Is it something that you would recommend for someone to say that I wish I would understand something? What would be, or how would you use the word in, in, in uh, more of a communicative language that people know exactly how to communicate setting boundaries better? Yes. So basically, um, I would not use wish so much as a word. Wish is more um, that changes your inner perception of yourself, that you have the right, that you are entitled. And actually it is needed to share what is going on within yourself. So it's about allowing it, right? Um, so when you allow it yourself, you feel free. And out of freedom, we can communicate much more easily. Mm 
And when you also see the need, why it is so important to share that, because only when you share your perception, you are sharing very important things. Mm -hmm. You're sharing where might be a struggle, where might be a, a, a bottleneck, where you might need some support and help to improve. So you are a very important part of this whole system called a company or a project. And when you don't share that, um, you might hold a direction in, in this project, which is going into a wrong direction. But by opening up and saying, hey guys, I think that in this position, we are struggling. Um, and that's now an important communication uh, trick, as to say, don't talk about me and I and, and you and like on a personal level, it helps a lot to kind of depersonalize it because then it's not so triggering. Um, so when you say, so in my position, I realize that there is a tension with the other position, right? Um, or in my position, my position needs more um, teaching. My position has too many tasks uh, on the on the daily uh, table, and so on. So that helps. This is one thing that you can do, um, and of course you can have like these big conversations where you talk about expectations mm -hmm. and when you talk about wishes. So why am I always um, trying to put these two together? Um, I think that's extremely important. Expectation is an energy that creates stress. When I have an expectation, I feel like I'm entitled to have a certain result. Mm -hmm. So I'm entitled that my employee is doing this and that, but I'm not entitled. I can have a wish that this could or would or should happen. That would be wonderful. But when it's not happened, I, as the boss or team lead, have to look, okay, where, where is the problem? And how can I create an atmosphere that it, this is uh, working? So a wish creates a kind of um, self-empowerment. So um, when you're expecting, you always want the other person to do something. When you're wishing, you say how you want it to be, how you could imagine it to be, but you're not kind of having a certain attachment to it. So it has to be like this or something else will happen. So this is leading by love and not by uh, fear. And this is very important for communication. Yeah. I love that you put the word love in there, love and fear, because a lot of the people, they, they kind of hold back, right? Especially when we're talking about professional environments or work environments, people just tend to say like, no, these are responsibilities. I, I do things because I kind of have to, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to doing things out of love or fear. And I, I, I really appreciate you using the word empowerment. You are empowered to do certain things. You are empowered to um, to ask for certain things and, and communicate things. And I think that's really a, a wonderful thing for, for anyone to, to be aware of. And what I would like to mention as uh, coming to the last part of the interview as well is that it's not only from from an employee perspective, but also from a leadership perspective as well. And that's one of the topics that I would love to touch on with you as well as, as the final key point in our conversation is how can leaders create, you said we need to create an environment where you also enable and empower people to set their own boundaries and communicate. 
why is it so important that they do that? And why is it so important that they also understand that they're in the same position to communicate and set their own boundaries as well? It's not just one way or the other. Yeah, maybe before I do that, I come there, I want to explain what I think leadership is. Leadership is holding a space, creating a space of thrive, creating an atmosphere where people do go into a certain, certain direction and want to do something, want to create a product or want to create a task. So leadership is not so much uh, micromanaging management and uh, looking for details and so on. It's more about having an overview of, okay, what kind of atmosphere is within my team? Is it thriving or not? When it's not, what can I do? What is needed? When you are a young leader, you might go and talk to your people and get impact, like uh, let, let and get some information. Um, so, what is it that you need? What is it that's too much? Where is the pressure? Where's the tension? So, you're actually searching for the frictions. So, you need a team that is able and feels psychologically safe enough, and love just to, to use that word again but i like it so much um to, that they feel safe um to communicate also the the bad side also the problems and i i guess you all heard about this google study where they analyzed um a lot of teams uh, who are these high performing teams and what are their qualities why are they so much better than others and it turns out it's because of maybe because of the psychological safety. The team members feel safe to say what they are struggling with, what they have issues with, and people are open and not judgmental about it. So the other team members, and then together they find a solution, they are mentoring, they're supporting and helping. So that's why you need people in your team that are setting boundaries. But now the word boundary doesn't really sound like that anymore it doesn't sound right anymore now it sounds like something negative but it's still the same thing it's just it depends on from which angle you look at it when people say i have an issue here um you can say it it is a boundary but you can also use it as something that you can um use for developing the project in a better direction it creates an opportunity. It creates opportunity for, for growth. I, for some reason, I, I love this expression, opportunity for growth. Um, as the last question, I, and I, I know I, this is the second time I'm saying this, so this is the last <laughs> But again, everyone has to understand, I can, I can ask questions to Caroline all day long, and, and, and sadly I do. Um, a lot of people have problems saying no. And I think that's also setting the, the boundaries as well for yourself, for understanding setting limits, you know, in, in a positive tone. How can you learn that? What is it that you can do? Why is it so important that you also say no? And why does it actually not mean anything bad if you do so? There is a very beautiful technique that's uh, listening to the wonderful name of Shit Sandwich. I guess some people <laughs> heard of that already. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, when you say something negative or when you're afraid of that, it might have been neg might be negative for the other person. Um, you need to pack it or wrap it up in something positive. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, for example, you say in the beginning, I know you're a very nice colleague and I would love to help you and support you as much as I can. Unfortunately, now the, the negative, yeah, comes, unfortunately, today I'm so booked and I'm so full with tasks, I can't make it today, probably also not tomorrow morning. I could help you tomorrow afternoon, realistically. And when you're happy about that, when that's fine for you, just come to me and ask me again, and then I will be ready to do that. So this is this plus minus plus. So instead of saying, oh no, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, and then this leaves a very uh, sad tension and it's like, mm, no one is really happy about that, neither you nor the other. So you can, you have to say a bit more words, right? So it's a bit more time consuming, but when you do that you train yourself and you will get better and it will be easier every time you do it and the other person is even happy about it because it learns why you can't uh, the, the person learns why you can't do it and uh, also gets a perspective on when it could be done it's perspective and context right and, and i love the plus minus plus i actually remembered the shit sandwich is becoming my favorite thing so i do appreciate you actually bringing it out there it's it, i think it's it's something wonderful that you can actually use in every part of your life in every communication and that's something that you can learn but hopefully it's something that becomes more of a habit for you or something that you do and that allows you to grow your relationships um, Caroline, this was a wonderful session. I cannot thank you enough uh, for coming back and, and, and talking about this important topic. I love that, that you kept it so relatable and also so practical again. We'll make sure that we reference everything in the, in the podcast notes again. And that of course we, we point out your uh, contact details as well. So any of, anyone from our audience can reach out to you with questions. And to our Step Zero family out there, I am more than happy to let you know that we have already two more sessions booked with Caroline with two really, really interesting topics and hopefully more to come. Nonetheless, we would love to encourage you again to share your thoughts and questions with us. We're absolutely listening and we do want to make sure that we're there for you and able to answer any questions or struggles, anything that you might have and really support you with potentially practical conversations or even just a listening ear. Caroline, I wish you a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for your time and I cannot wait to have you back again. Thank you so much, Dora. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. Thank you. And to you guys out there at Step Zero, we'll be back soon and I hope you all have a lovely evening too. Thank you.